Silver Shamrock. Happy Halloween. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's Halloween time. Hooray. We're back. Vertigo Voices. All Halloween episode. How much Halloween? All the Halloween. <laughs> all that you can stand. Welcome. Uh, my name's Colby. I'm Sophia. And we are talking about horror movies today. Well, first we got some news. There's There will be a little Vertigo-esque talk first. Before we dive into our annual horror movie, and our annual horror movie episode, excuse me. Um, so there's some news. There was actually fucking shitload of DC news over the last week because it was D- DC Fandom. Their, yeah, their now yearly online fucking online uh, uh, con, I guess. I mean, it's not really a con. It's just it's just PowerPoints and Zoom meetings. <laughs> It's more like a promotion. Yeah, I guess. Um, but the first before that, uh, did you hear the news about Superman, Jonathan Kent? He's bisexual. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So yeah, so Jonathan Kent has been a character in the comics for I don't know about just ten years now, uh, but he's now Superman. Like super, the Clark Kent Superman is off off world. So Jonathan Kent took over as Earth Superman, and uh, uh, he's bisexual. Um, Tom Taylor, the writer of the comic, said that it kind of felt like a missed opportunity to have another straight white guy as Superman. So, like, why not? we got got this new character to play with. Why not expand that a little bit? And the internet has no chill about this either way, of course. <laughs> this is the fucking worst thing in the world. You're ruining my childhood. Blah, blah, blah. You're fucking pushing your liberal agenda. <laughs> and then the other side is like, well, why not take it further? I'm like, ah, oh, Christ. <laughs> Just... <laughs> It's a it's a poster boy for either side. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, it's representation. It's uh, uh, you know, a, a an A list by character. Let's just be happy with that. Right. <laughs> it's cool. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, that's the internet for you. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, it's neat to see uh, Jonathan Kent's a character that's uh, actually have his first appearance. He was uh, created uh, as a son of the. Pre fucking New Fifty Two Superman and Lois, because uh, they were brought back into continuity in this comic book called Convergence, which was this weird story about different continuities forming together in this one world where they all had to fight or something. I don't know. It was a really weird series, but uh, they were brought into that as like kind of a one off. But then they kind of survived that, and then the New Fifty Two Superman was killed off, and this original continuity Superman was brought back as like the real Superman quote. It's a. This is what happens when you fucking try to restart your continuity with New Fifty Two. Then, <laughs> then you realize it's a terrible idea, so you start backtracking. And so, anyway, this is the son of the real quote Superman, the one from the '90s that fought Doomsday and all that. Like he, he's in continuity now, and this is his son. Okay. And but at the same time, like I can't help but feel like DC is kind of like forcing controversy because of the way they're promoting this by saying Superman's bi. I'm like, well, yes, technically. I mean, yeah, this Superman is. They're not changing anything about Clark Kent. <laughs> they're creating a new Superman. Well, not, not creating, but they're, they're recontextualizing the Jonathan Kent Superman, mm-hmm. who until this point had no real sexual orientation. You know, like it was never really gone into. So like, yes, Superman is bi, but also this isn't the... The same Superman that 99% of the populace are going to point at when they think Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. 
Right. So it was one of those, like, I feel like they kind of did it on purpose. But at the same time, like, everyone knows the name Superman. That's the brand. So that's why they're doing that. But but then they're surprised, like, well, that's not what we meant. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Easy, guys. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. So I don't know. Whatever. Uh, it's I think it's cool. Um, that will be nice to see. It will. Um, and then Tom, Tom Taylor is writing it. He's a good writer. Um, he's done a lot of DC stuff lately. Uh, and then, so during fandom, we got a shitload of trailers. Oh, boy. Uh, the first big one for me was The Flash. I thought about you when I was watching that. Which, we can call it The Flash all we want, but the only reason people are watch, watching this movie is for Batman. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to admit. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Michael Keaton narrated the trailer. It ends on, like, the biggest fucking cock tease in the world with Barry going to pull the the blanket off of the Batmobile and he like pulls it right and it cuts away. Like you <laughs> bastards. Like, ah, almost. Almost. Yeah. Um, up, there's two flashes in it. Did you notice that? Isn't, uh, what's his name? Grant? No. Uh, there's two Ezra Millers in it. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, okay. Well then, excuse me. I thought it was the other flash from the show. But no, there's, it was Ezra Miller with long hair and Ezra Miller with short hair. One's wearing this new updated flash suit, which is pretty cool. Uh, it looks a hell of a lot better than what it did in Justice League. And then uh, and then there's, like, another Flash who's wearing a Batman costume that's spray-painted red and has, like, a spray-painted lightning bolt on it. So I don't know what's going on there, but for some, there's either two Barry Allens from different timelines or, uh, like, I don't know if it's supposed to be the same character or two from, like, different universes. I would guess two from different universes, but yeah, I don't know. we'll find out. Yeah, this is the... Oh, there it is. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Don't get it. I guess we'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, Michael Keaton. Let's just just fucking get more of that Michael Keaton. <laughs> yes, please. It also you. it also kind of like annoys me though, because I mean obviously this is they're they're promoting this to see Michael Keaton Batman. Like yeah. so, just fucking go all out and make a Batman Beyond movie. Why do we have to suffer through a Flash movie where Batman's the most important character? <laughs> right, exactly. And on a, I, I guess, a less substantial note, was it just me or did Ezra Miller, throughout the whole time he was introducing the... Tra- he looked like he would rather be in his trailer smoking peyote. He looked like he was about ready to get... Uh, like, drug around by a leather daddy on a leash. He did. <laughs> he was wearing a collar, for God's sake. <laughs> well, and he just sounded so bored. Yeah, like, for sure. I, you know, I would rather be anywhere but here. And the way he entered, like, the end of the introduction, when he was like, I'll, I'll see you in theaters next year, or more importantly, you'll see me. Right. Like, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> it's like, oh, Ezra. Oh. Like, not everything has to be that, dude. You can just, you can just make things normal. Right. Like, not everything has to be weird and right. fucking creepy. You could be excited that you're in a fucking superhero movie that no other actor gets the opportunity to do. It's okay. He's it's okay. probably just upset that he didn't have any women to choke that day. Ooh. <laughs> that happened. Look it up. <laughs> it All right. So, uh, up next, we have the Black Adam trailer. Did you watch that one? I did. Which, uh, the most interesting thing to me about that was the lead up to the trailer when they like interviewed, interviewed the cast they showed real quick snippets of the JSA costumes. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, look, there's Adam Special. Hey, there's Dr. Faye. Okay, here's Black Adam. Because <laughs> <laughs> the trailer was just like a scene in the movie, just like him coming back and electrocuting a guy or something. Turn him to dust. Yeah. yeah. They said Shazam in it, which I was wondering if they were actually going to address that since they tried so hard to separate these two franchises for fucking some reason. 
I don't know why. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. They, they're like, oh, it's Black Adam. It's more interesting if it's his own thing. Like, no, he's the counterpoint to Shazam. Exactly. It's Captain Marvel. Exactly. It's, it's, to me, it's more interesting when you have that and then let him be his own person. There was a, an animated movie, I think I brought this up a while ago, called uh, Superman Shazam, The Return of Black Adam. Yeah. And that's a really good adaptation of, of uh, Black Adam's kind of origin and reemergence. And all you'd need to do is cut Superman out of that, expand the roles a little bit, and you've got a good 90-minute movie. <laughs> but uh, for some reason, they're not doing that. Even though Black Adam was even set up in the Shazam movie. Was he? Yeah, they show the flash, or not a flashback, but the wizard Shazam. God, I'm never going to get used to that. Never going to get used to there's two characters called Shazam. It's so fucking annoying. The wizard Shazam says, like, oh, yeah, fucking, I used to have this dude that was my champion, but he went bad. And then oh. they show, like, a little hologram magic image of Black Adam being like, I'm going to fuck everything up. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, but, but I banished him. And then that's it. Okay, yeah. They don't call him Black Adam, though, because, again, they're trying really hard to keep the two franchises separate for whatever reason. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then we, so uh, other than that, one, two, one, two, three, three trailers after that are all trailers of things that we saw last year. <laughs> there was Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League, yep. which the new trailer, I don't know, more uh, like pre-rendered footage, no gameplay footage yet, so who knows. Um, could, could go either way. Same with Gotham Knights. That was last year also. Um, both of those, I don't know. I want to like them. <laughs> From a gamer perspective. Yeah, especially Suicide Squad. I love the Arkham series. This is apparently tied in with that. Even though the continuity doesn't fit at all, but whatever. If it's made by the same team, it should have some good gameplay and some fun cameos and shit. Uh, and then the Batman. We got a new The Batman trailer, which, again, we got one last year. Right. So, thanks to the pandemic, they've just had to push these things back and back and back and back. And, uh, I don't know, Batman looks cool. Uh, that scene of, of like him in the hallway with the guns going off looks really cool. It does. <laughs> I can't lie, yeah. <laughs> um, Colin Farrell looks... Unrecognizable as the penguin. Yeah. Um, uh, Zoe Kravitz, a very fitting Catwoman, I think. You know, yeah. she certainly looks the part. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see it. There's some story beats there that, of course, are really familiar, but it looks exciting enough to be its own thing. Yeah, yeah exactly. I mean, I feel like we've gotten to the point where uh, if you've read any Batman comics, you've read, like, even people that aren't big Batman fans have read, like, the classic stories that are the ones that the filmmakers have made or have read. So those are the ones that are clearly going to be the most inspiring to their to their movies. And, like, you know, I've seen The Dark Knight, so I've probably already seen this movie. Because <laughs> right. everyone loves The Dark Knight. Yeah. Oh, there's a scene in the beginning where the bad guy gets captured. I wonder how that's going to play out. <laughs> okay. I have to say that when they did the, you know, pan around and there was the... Question mark. Uh, yeah, the, the latte foam art. I was like, okay. <laughs> well, it's also, like, it was really shitty, so he could have just done it with his finger. True, true. It wasn't like it was uh, professionally done <laughs> with, like, shading and fucking cross-hatching or whatever. <laughs> it's like, I want an oat milk latte, 12 ounce, and can you yeah. put a question mark in the top? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I will give that a pass. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I hope it's good. It, from what we've seen, looks like it will be, but who knows. Um, oh, fuck, there was one more thing about that. Oh, yeah, the Batmobile. When they first showed that, like, promotional stills of the Batmobile, I'm like, eh, I don't know, muscle car. It doesn't look, doesn't look that interesting to me. Mm -hmm. 
But then to see it in action in this, like, fuck yeah, that's the Batmobile. <laughs> You're like, yes! <laughs> when Penguin's like, I got you! And then it goes flying out of the fire. I'm like, yeah, dude. You're fucked now, Pengy. <laughs> that is the Batmobile. Absolutely. It does look exciting. So, yeah. fingers crossed. Uh, did you see the Peacemaker trailer? That looked really yeah, good. Looks I'm excited awesome. for that, yes. Peacemaker and Vigilante. Uh, the, the fucking... <laughs> The eagle holding uh, Hangman's head out the window while he's driving, yes. and then he hugs it. Right. And then when they have like the badass hero walk, I don't know if you noticed, but the eagle is there too, walking next to them. <laughs> and James Gunn has revealed that the name of that character is Eagly. Eagly. <laughs> well, in fitting. Yeah. Uh, I cannot fucking wait for that. Speaking of Peacemaker, uh, Suicide Squad comes out on DVD and Blu-ray the day that this comes out. October Excellent. October 26th, so go buy it right now. Uh, yeah, that looks, that looks great. I can't wait for Peacemaker. That's probably the thing that I'm most hyped for. That's the one thing on this list that I'm unreservedly excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, I guess uh, one of two. This next one, DC Super Pets. You see that trailer? <laughs> I you did not. You see the trailer for DC Super Pets. How did I miss that? Uh, it's like 30 seconds long, and about 25 seconds of that is a piss joke. Really? Yeah, joke about Ace the Bat Hound just Hissing while he's staring at Crypto. <laughs> okay. And Crypto staring back and saying, how much did you have to drink? <laughs> uh, yeah, that's, that's it. Um, that's literally the whole trailer. That and a joke about super pet versus pets. I don't know. Hmm. The, oh, so Crypto is played by Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, Mr. Black Adam himself. And Ace the Bat Hound is played by Kevin Hart. And the rest of the cast, it's got like a huge cast, like John Krasinski's in it. But there's no, they didn't say who they're playing. I assume somebody's going to be playing Streaky and Comet and all those fucking characters. (laughs) Bippo or whatever the goddamn monkey's name is. I don't know. I I, I feel like it's a missed opportunity to do do Captain Carrot and the Zoo Crew. That would have been been a more interesting (laughs) superhero animal thing, but whatever. What do I know? (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't care about that. But I will go see it with my daughter. I'm sure she'll love it. And then, uh, did you see the animated movie news? This should, this should make you happy. <laughs> um, did you? Do you know what I'm just going to say? It depends. Catwoman. Hunted. Yes! Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am, I am happy for that. I don't know. It didn't look very good to me. <laughs> I am, call me hopeless, but I'm holding out. <laughs> uh, they did announce, though, with that, there's going to be another DC showcase, uh, short. Which sounds interesting. It's called Constantine, oh. House of Mystery. Oh well. Yeah, we'll and they see. they made the bold creative choice, kind of out of left field, to cast Matt Ryan as John Constantine <gasps> for it. No, <laughs> I just don't see it. <laughs> Which is funny. So he just uh, not left Legends of Tomorrow, but he he like retired the character of Constantine on Legends of Tomorrow. He's still on the show as a new character, but John Constantine isn't on the show anymore. And I was like, oh, maybe, maybe he's kind of like bored with the character. Maybe he's done with it. Maybe, maybe he just doesn't like the character anymore. Maybe he doesn't like the fandom or whatever. And then like a week out, or not a week, like two months after that announcement, then, hey, he's back. It's John Constantine in this animated thing. Oh, or maybe not. <laughs> All right, then. <laughs> not, uh, not exhausted on the part yet. Hopefully that's good. Yeah, so that, I mean, that's just interesting to me that uh, is it, the last movie that they released, uh, Injustice, which I just watched, did not have a DC showcase short in it, which is the first time they haven't done one in a while. 
And Injustice was fine. I didn't hate it. It's getting a lot of, like, shitty reviews, but uh, I thought it was fine. I wonder, I wonder why. Uh, it's a bad Superman story. It's fucking <laughs> evil Superman. Um, he uh, just... Does a genocide. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fucking. Kills millions of people. Yeah, pretty much. I'm like intentionally this time. But uh, <laughs> but they also bring in like a good Superman as like a foil at the end. It's it's just like the video game. That's the plot of the video game. And okay. so I, I get it. I knew what I was going into. It's not like I was blindsided by a murderous Superman. It helps that it specifically said like, hey, this isn't. And this is a different universe. <laughs> so I'm fine with that. And in fact, there's a, there's a fun joke in it, too, with Mr. Terrific, where he's, like, mapping the multiverse. And he's like, yeah, I'm ma- mapping the multiverse, and uh, there's all these infinite Earths and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, yeah, you know, we designate ours Earth-1, but I'm pretty sure every universe does that. <laughs> and then later in the movie, when the real, quote, Superman shows up, he's like, yeah, I'm from Earth-1. And like, actually, we call ours Earth-1. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, damn it. <laughs> Hard keeping them all straight. Anyway, so yeah, uh, that looks interesting. The only other, well, I guess there's a couple other fandom announcements. Uh, in the logos of like all the new shows that are coming out, they showed Sandman, and they showed DMZ, but then there was no information about it. They didn't even mention it. Yeah. So I guess DMZ is still happening. I know Ava DuVernay was working on it. I don't, I don't know. That's supposed to be on HBO Max. Uh, they also, this was fun, they announced, so what, this was last Saturday? Uh, what day was that? October 16th, they announced the release date of the fourth season of Young Justice, called Young Justice Phantoms, Mm -hmm. as October 16th. Like, it's up, it's up now, go watch it. (laughs) So the first two episodes were dropped, like, as they were announcing it, so that was fun. I watched those. It's a good continuation of the series. Um, Young Justice is great. Everyone should watch it. Uh, They also announced that Doom Patrol and Titans have both been renewed for a fourth season. That's fun. Yes. Um, They didn't say anything about the Dead Boy Detective spinoff. Who knows if that's going to happen or not. But uh, I just got to the part in the Sandman audio that introduced the Dead Boy Detective. So that was fun. Oh, all right. Yeah. Which I've been listening to Act 2 of Sandman audio. I haven't got to Act 2 yet. It's still good. I mean, it's the second volume. Yeah. I'm listening to A Game of You right now, which that story is more interesting on the page. <laughs> I'm just, I'm kind of bored with that one. And reali- realistically, it's probably like my least favorite Sandman story, which Neil Gaiman has said it's most people's least favorite story. So because of that, it's kind of his favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Has a special place in his heart. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, yeah. Um, and so, oh yeah, oh, also from Fandom. Uh, Jim Lee made a big deal of like, we're doing Wonder Woman 3. We've announced Wonder Woman 3. And I was like, ah, like, you guys did that like six months ago. You, you announced that in December. Like, right. that's not, uh, unless you're telling us that it's like filming, that's not news. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, no one is uh, surprised by that. I, in my notes, I said, Wonder Woman 3 is happening. Yeah, it was announced last year, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. What did you think of the um, style of uh, Batman Cape Crusader? Uh, did, did they show anything other than the poster? I think just the poster. I don't yeah, I mean, that's not a new poster either. I think that was last year at Fandome. Um, so I don't know, it looks fine. It looks like, it looks like Batman Year One, but uh, filtered through the animated style. I think Bruce Timm said it's, quote, more Batman the Animated Series than Batman the Animated Series. That's absurd. It's like, 
Yeah. It's, supposed to, it's like taking that aesthetic to the limit, I guess. I don't know. Okay. I, they haven't announced the voice cast. They haven't shown any footage of it. So I will, I don't know, cautiously optimistic, I guess. All right. We, we shall see. We shall see. Um, oh, uh, real quick. Um, Harley is getting a third season. Oh, yeah. That's true. I'm really excited for that. I thought uh, they already announced that, though. Did they? Because like, I think it's like almost done. I don't know. Maybe not. Well, I releasing thought, soon. Yeah. Maybe. I thought they announced it last year, but maybe maybe I just don't remember. They uh, did share a sneak peek. Oh, okay. Yeah. That then, yeah, I didn't see that though. Looks um, great. Yeah, I'm sure it does. <laughs> I love, like that show. Uh, there was a new poster for the Sandman TV series. Um, that looked of, pretty cool. Yeah, of uh, what's her name, uh, Lucifer, uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Uh, it's funny too. You know, like I've talked to, about this in the past about like Neil Gaiman just fucking constantly out there dealing with trolls on Twitter, mm. bitching about every little change. Uh, I don't know how the guy does it. Yeah, I know. But I actually, like, I saw an interaction with him where he, like, literally just changed some dude's mind. Really? <laughs> and it was amazing. This guy's like, I don't know why you fucking need a girl, blah, blah, blah. And he was like, yeah, I, uh... Or no, and the, the guy's like, this is my Lucifer. And it was a picture of uh, the Mike Carey run, that picture of him with a martini, you know? Oh, yeah. And Gaiman's like, great, but that's not even mine. Like, I didn't, that's not from my series. He goes, if you want to go back to the original Lucifer, uh, here's the cover of the issue where he was introduced. And it looks a lot like Gwendolyn Christie with, like, wild blonde hair. It looks like that poster, kind of. Mm -hmm. And the guy's like, well, that's not what he looked like within the issue. And he's like, yeah, that's right. He looked like this. And he showed that picture of Lucifer looking like a woman, like I said. (laughs) And the guy was like, well, uh," he said, he he was like, maybe I'm just a purist, but, uh, it just seems like this character should be male. And Gaiman goes, I assure you, when it comes to Sandman, nobody's more of a purist than I. And it seems odd to think of these genderless, genitalless creatures as, uh, oh, fuck, what do you say? Like, as, uh, as masculine or feminine, considering that we hired somebody, or no, like this, this, uh, genderless, penisless character, considering that we hired somebody who also does not have a penis. <laughs> and then, like, I responded with, like, you know, all right, well put. I'm sorry. <laughs> nice. Well done, Mr. Gaiman. And you too, internet troll, who is open to having your mind broadened. <laughs> um, last bit of news that doesn't have anything to do with fandom, but it came out around the same time. Have you heard the, the news about why the last... What are you doing? I don't know. I had I had my phone on silent. Anyway. You're just playing music. Um... This was not announced via fandom because it's not good news, but have you heard about Why the Last Man? I did not. It has been canceled. Oh, yeah. bad numbers? Um, probably not. So here's the issue. Uh, Pia Guerrera, Guerrera, whatever, immediately came to Twitter and was like, this is all fucking Disney's fault. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, by the way. This is, not, <laughs> this is not what she actually said. This is all fucking Disney's fault because they took over Fox and they don't like that we are inclusive and blah, blah, blah. I mean, that's demonstrably not true <laughs> that's I, disney has done a lot especially with their marvel movies and in fucking star wars to make sure that they are more inclusive mm-hmm. um that's just that's progress that's the way of the world there's no way around it the reality of it far as much or uh, uh drifts much more into like just dollars and cents uh, one of the issues with this show is that it has been in production for like three years and in that they have to retain their cast so that means they have to pay their cast to not go do something else. Right. Diane Lane is not cheap. 
<laughs> and she apparently was frustrated for like filming a pilot and then having to come back and basically redo it after two years and then do the series. And like, you know, keeping in the headspace of these characters that then have long waits between production. Um, apparently, right as the series was started, the numbers to, or the, uh, the like checks had to be cut to retain the cast, which came out to like $3 million mm. after spending like $8 million an episode on this season. Mm-hmm. And FX was just like, we can't afford that, sorry. <laughs> so they just cut them loose from their contracts. That's too bad. They have the option of shopping it around to other networks. You know, I guess we'll see. It just, I feel like this was going to happen even before the show premiered. Because mm. again, you can't have a production that long TV series. You can't can't have a three year lead up to you know six weeks of a show and then expect that to continue on. You know, right. Yeah. Wait. Wait another three years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So yeah, with productions that long, with COVID delays, like it, there was everything stacked against the show from the beginning. And then plus, this first season isn't exactly like you know lighting the world on fire. No. Uh, no. I am up to date with it. Have you Have you watched any more? I haven't watched the whole season, but I'm like halfway through. The newest episode was like an origin story for the Daughters of the Amazon. And it was so poorly edited and paced that I, for the first half of it, I couldn't tell what was supposed to be a flashback and what wasn't. I'm like, why are we cutting around? Like, this doesn't make any fucking sense. Because it's just, there's no flow to it. It's really poorly directed and edited. And uh, I don't know, that's kind of symptomatic of the series as a whole. And also, Yorick355, Yorick's mom... None of them were in this episode. It all focused on Hero, which, okay, fine. Uh, that redhead lady and her daughter, which I could fucking care less about. <laughs> and then the new, quote, Victoria Roxanne, whatever her name is, the new Amazon leader, giving her a new backstory and, like, humanizing her and all this. And, again, don't really give a shit. But I did look up, so the season finale is called Victoria. Okay. So apparently I'm guessing Roxanne changes her name to be Victoria because apparently we need that moment where she like it's like this isn't a superhero origin, dude. You don't need to give everyone a code name. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm not Roxanne anymore. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Like that okay. fucking Star Trek into Darkness scene of like when Khan introduces he's like, My name is Khan. <laughs> and like you're talking to the audience. No one in this room cares about what you're saying. Nobody know nobody has any connection to that name. You're talking to the people that saw Star Trek II in theaters 30 years ago. And like, oh my god, I know who that is! <laughs> and that's what I feel like here. <laughs> and if they had an iota of sense, they knew who you were before it came out your mouth. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So anyway, that's bad news for why. I'm not surprised. I would have liked to have seen it continue. I don't feel like all was lost. There could have been some course correction. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe there will be course correction. Maybe it will get picked up by another network. You never know. I just doubt it. Highly. Alas, alack. Yeah. So anyway, pour one out for why. I still would like to do a uh, season wrap-up in a few weeks, whenever that ends. Good idea. Give it the proper send-off that it deserves. Yeah, exactly. But so, like, I'm really surprised that you don't want to talk about DC Direct and the McFarlane toys. I thought that would be your favorite part. I fucking hate McFarlane. (laughs) (laughs) Did they do an announcement of something? Yeah, they did. I I didn't see I don't like that McFarlane has the license to DC toys. I don't need 14 versions of Batman in one line. I don't care about any of that. Which exactly is what they were talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I did see that. I saw something. I don't know. Whatever. 
like fucking Dark Knight's metal. Like, I, yeah, oh, it's the Flash, but he's Batman. It's Green Lantern, but he's Batman. Like, oh, God, I hate you. I hate every decision that's being made right now. And probably, like, the nail in the coffin. This wasn't McFarlane's fault, but he's the one who made the choice, so he's partly to blame. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the new, like, the Suicide Squad line that they made for the movie? I haven't yet. The likenesses look fucking terrible, first oh. of all. But uh, second of all, um, they're, they're weapons. Like, Peacemaker comes with a sword. And like, okay, in every single promotional picture in that movie, he's got a big honking desert eagle with, like, a giant silencer on it. Right. Like, that's what he's known for. And then uh, uh, Bloodsport, mm-hmm. his big thing is guns, comes with two swords. <laughs> it's like, I, apparently there's a mandate that toys can't have guns anymore for DC. Oh. I was like, this is from an R-rated movie. Yeah. <laughs> and these toys are priced prohibitively so that kids can't just buy them. Right. Like, no, no kid has 35 bucks in his pocket to go spend on a fucking polka dot man action figure. Right. <laughs> it's not something they're going to walk by in the halls of Walmart and be like, Mommy, I want that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe they will. But regardless, these are specifically supposed to be collector-driven, and they're not... And, and again, R-rated property. Who the fuck... Go hog the wild. Who cares? Right. Um, but no, DC doesn't like that. And I, I couldn't help but notice that they're, like, over at Entertain Mart in Idaho. They're sitting on the shelves right next to, like, last year's toys of, like, Flashpoint Batman with his two pistols. Joker with his big old long gun. And, like, I mean, <laughs> come on. So, like, they just arbitrarily made this decision after already making toys with guns. So, whatever. I don't know. It's Seems annoying. silly. Yeah. Other than that, I don't have anything to say about uh, <laughs> McFarland DC toys. Very well, then. Anything else in fandom you want to touch on? No, I'm done with fandom. Okay. Fandom is over. <laughs> <laughs> Officially finished. Okay. I, I believe there was something that you wanted to talk about that I am hesitant to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The trailer for uh, Cowboy Bebop. No, just kidding. Although that was pretty cool. I like that a lot. Yeah. I So when he first showed me that, I was like, okay, like, it's interesting. There's a lot going on here. Is the whole show going to be like this? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh no, that was just filmed for the trailer. Okay, all right, okay. Because <laughs> like when they're moving all around the, uh, the like fucking what's it called? The like the black bar, like the yeah, separate, you know, screen the, and yeah. Sh- yeah. When they're moving that around, and it's all very like showy, and all the all the dialogue is very like uh, over the top. It almost feels like a like a performance, you know. Oh, totally. And I was like, "Is the whole show gonna be like?" <laughs> but, okay, all right. This is just for the show. All right, never mind. I'm back in. <laughs> <laughs> convinced, convinced. Yeah. Hopefully, convinced. But yes, uh, we do have something to talk about. As you very well know, here on Vertigo Voices, we are open to uh, critiques and. Uh, I'm not. Well, Colby's not, <laughs> but I try to be. Um, good cop, bad cop here. <laughs> And uh, if you listen to our last episode, you know that we are not fans of Mike Flanagan. I think it was the episode before last, actually. Oh, it was. Excuse me. Uh, But yes, we are not big fans of Mike um, Flanagan's latest. And a dear friend of mine, Cedar, I posted it to my Facebook uh, with the the link to the episode. And uh, she countered, Cedar, if you're listening to this, I'm going to try to sum up your points and not read the whole thing. So if I miss something, you can chew me out about it later. But she made the uh, she made the point that the series is less about questions of faith and more about the horror inherent and in overzealous religious righteousness, um, and how the group of people on the island, specifically uh, Christianity, 
um, is so often cast as the saving grace in any horror movie that involves possession or demonic presence. And she said that Flanagan did a good job of some, uh, flipping that on its head and casting it as the villain. I wouldn't disagree with you. Uh, I, and maybe I didn't do a good job of articulating that in that episode. It's not that I don't think, I, I will not speak for you, but I think it's that not that either of us think that Mike Flanagan didn't do that. It's just that he didn't do it very well. And for me, the ending totally ruins any point he was trying to make with that. Yeah, exactly. The whole like, no, dude, like God's good. Just like not this one. I just don't see it that way. Um, it seems like she liked the subtext of a story about the dangers of fervent belief. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I've seen that done before. I mentioned I've seen it done before better in the mist. Right. right. Um, I just I don't care about that. Uh, that's I see that every day. You look in the world. Right. <laughs> that's, right. I, I know that. I don't need Mike Flanagan to tell me that. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and it, it's just, I, the, so that, I mean, that's technically the subtext of the story. Uh, the surface level, it's all about vampires and whatever the fuck that was. And to me, what's presented is what's more important than the subtext. Exactly. I mean, and I, like you said, you can do stuff with that. It's not that that can't make an interesting, engaging story. But uh, again, um, bloated monologues yeah. and the fact that uh, I, I'm just going to harp on this because it's true. Like you can't have all of this subtext about how religion corrupts and how, um, you know, it, it's those who think that they're using it as their faith as a for, force of good um, are actually hurting other people, even though they think that they're doing God's will. Um, you can't do that and then turn around and have, like, the priest who's been poisoning his congregation the whole series be like, oh, well, I didn't mean to. I just love my family. Right. And then everyone stands around at the end and, like, you know, kumbayas their way into heaven, even though that same uh, fervent faith has led them to destroy their town and each other. Yeah. Um, and didn't, I mean, didn't we see that already in Salem's Lot? Isn't this pretty similar to that story? I, it's yeah. been a while, yeah. but I feel like that's pretty similar. So, yeah, anyway, like what you said about the monologuing, I mean, that you, you just, you can't ignore what's presented in service of the subtext. Right. I right. don't want to see monologuing <laughs> in a story that's supposed to have tension. Right. And it's supposed to be horror. I mean, this is a horror story. It's all reminds me of Bly Manor all over again. I was like, this wasn't a horror story. It was a romance. Like, oh, you, I got you. Like, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Bitch. Ugh. No, you didn't. No, yeah. you didn't. Um, I also, uh, she commented about the sheriff, like, you know, liking that character, and that I think she misunderstood my comment about him because I said that he was a side character, mm-hmm. and he is. He's not the star. He's not the main character. His point of view is valid, but so is, like, everyone's in that. And I understand that he's supposed to be something of a moral compass, and I don't think his beliefs or his explanations of them are off base or anything. I just don't care because right. this isn't a philosophical debate. Like you said, like, yeah, that would be great if we were all sitting around drinking coffee and talking about uh, philosophy, life, the universe and everything. Like this is a horror story. If you want to have that conversation, don't make it in, in a horror. Story. And again, like the, even that scene where he's talking about his beliefs and Islam versus Christianity and all that. Like, yeah, that's that's interesting and that's a great point of view. But that's also just monologuing while sitting in a classroom while everyone's looking at him. Right. And, and I don't know. There's zero tension, zero scares or whatever. And not to say that every scene has to have tension, but fuck me, there's so little tension in this series. 
like the scariest parts are when uh, Riley like he'll roll over on his side and close his eyes and open them, and then there's that boom. Yeah, exactly. Which goes, also we saw that in Blind Manor. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> almost yeah. the same situation. It's like, oh, here comes the person you killed. Yeah. Well, <laughs> instead of headlights for eyes, it's the uh, like police lights reflecting in the glass. Right. It's the same fucking thing. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> And it's not, again, it's not that Mike Flanagan is a bad filmmaker. We've said that before. Like, he's done stuff that we like. It's just that he has gotten rather burgeoning lately in his storytelling, and it doesn't always make for an entertaining, um, cohesive narrative. Yeah. Like, I, I, I was commenting to you, I said, uh, this is just people flatly saying what they believe. Like, that monologue about Christianity versus Islam... Uh, I don't care if he made a good point or I agree with him or whatever. It's a literal lecture that's not interesting to watch in a horror story. Right, right. I don't know. Whatever. Again, text versus subtext. (laughs) Yes. And I'm bastardizing this quote. I've said it before. I think it was Roger Ebert who said, um, I can't judge a movie on its intent. Even if I want to, I have to judge what's on the screen. And what's on the screen in Midnight Mass is pretty... Waffly and boring, I'm sorry. <laughs> to quote Garth Marenghi, I know authors who use subtext. They're all cowards. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. Do you, you know who Garth Marenghi is? I don't. You should tell Well, me. you should watch Garth Marenghi's Dark Place on Amazon Prime. Okay. One of the best shows ever made. I'm not joking. There's zero condescension in my voice there. It's literally one of the best shows ever made. Six episodes... From BBC from like 2002, maybe. I can't remember. It stars uh, Matthew Holness and Matt Berry and Richard Aoadi. Hmm. I'm going to misspell his last name, but and Garth Marenghi's... Dark Place. Dark Place. All one word. <laughs> Dark Place. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. I, the less you know going into it, the better. Just let it wash over you. And... <laughs> Again, six episodes, it, you can get through it in two and a half hours, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe it all in. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. All right, well, we're done with that. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> I'm just reiterating my same points. <laughs> On that note, though. Yeah, so from talking about horror, I guess it's time for more horror talk. Absolutely. And last year, we uh, talked through the movies that we've been watching for October horror Oct horror movie <laughs> fest. I don't know what the fuck they call that. Octerror. horror. Halloween horror. Yeah, it's just fucking scary movies, man. Um, yeah, because we. I think we've both. Uh, have you been watching one a day? I have. Yeah, yeah. I've been watching like three a day. <laughs> <laughs> you are committed. Well, I mean, not every day. I watch one some days, but then like on the weekends, I'll just fucking watch them all day because I don't have anything else to do. <laughs> Fair enough. So you start us off. So, I don't know, the first movie I watched this year... I've been trying to watch movies either... I mean, I've mentioned before that I I use Letterboxd. So I've been watching movies that I either haven't seen before or haven't logged on Letterboxd before. Mm-hmm. So the first one I did, which I haven't seen this movie, surprisingly, was Stigmata from, oh. what, 99? Yeah, I remember with, that uh, uh, What's her name? Arquette. Patricia? Patricia, probably. Yeah. Patricia Arquette and Gabriel Byrne. And I don't know, it was not very good. It wasn't, no. <laughs> Feels very, very 90s in, like, the worst way. Yes. Just really poorly edited. Some, like, weird, like religious, half-baked religious talk, you know? Mm-hmm. I was like, ah, come on, guys. That just 
do, do a little bit of research. Here, here's, here's one way I can tell if a movie has or hasn't done its research when it comes to like religious themes in movies. How they pronounce revelation or revelations. What did they do in Stigmata? I can't remember. I'm sure it's revelations. I don't remember specifically because I've watched too many movies now, but <laughs> every time in movies, I'm like, oh, well, in the book of Revelations, like that's not what it is. It's not revelations. <laughs> it's revelation. If you're a biblical scholar, if you know anything about this like mystery religion that you're supposed to be a proponent of, you would know that. <laughs> but no, you're just a fucking actor or a screenwriter who didn't do that five seconds of research. <laughs> so you're saying revelations because everyone does. Yeah, yeah. I remember watching that when it first came out and I haven't watched it again because even then I was like, this is dumb. And it's too bad because uh, both Gabriel Byrne and Patricia Arquette are good actors. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. What, what was your first one? My first one was um, Tell Death. Did you get a chance? Tell Death? Till death. Oh, till death. Excuse me. T-I-L. I did not. What, what's that? What is it streaming somewhere? Where, how did you watch it? It is. I can't. I, it's either streaming. I think it's either Netflix or Amazon Prime. But it's kind of like. Is that a sitcom? No. It, it's a it's a horror drama, I guess you could say. Like a survival horror. It's uh, got Megan Fox in it. I think it's on Netflix. Huh. I think. I swear there was a sitcom with that name. Maybe. <laughs> oh, okay. I think I've seen this cover. Yeah, the poster. I like the poster. They did a good job there. Mm-hmm. She's having a bit of a resurgence lately, Megan Fox. She is. I think it's deserved. Yeah, well, I mean, anyone that can put up with Machine Gun Kelly, I guess, oh. deserves something. <laughs> you deserve better, <laughs> Megan. Her, her comment about meeting him? No. That? Oh, man, it's, go- it's been going around everywhere. When she met him, she walked up to him at a party and said, you smell like weed. And he said, I am weed. (laughs) And then she was like, oh, be still my heart. I gotta have this guy. (laughs) Well, you know, we all have different preferences. (laughs) But um, all I will say is that that uh, couch Cheeto is lucky to have her. (laughs) Hey, Callan Mulvey's in this. I like him. He's an Australian actor. I know I've seen him in stuff, but I he can't remember. He plays Rollins in Captain America Winter Soldier. And Avengers oh. thing. He's one of the Strike members. He's just a background character. But he also played KG Beast in Batman vs. Superman. All right, well, all right then. Um, and he was on Heartbreak High. <laughs> it was like an Australian, uh, <laughs> Australian like teen, like fucking Degrassi. <laughs> Who hasn't seen that? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's a, he plays a bad guy in it. He does a really good job. Everyone does a good job. It's a very tight thriller. It does get a little bit, um, I guess, wacky at the ending. The ending goes on a little bit longer than I think it should, but that's like a small criticism. On the whole, it's it's fun. It's creepy. Megan Fox does a really good job. Everybody should watch it. Good for her. She's in Expendables 4. It's filming right now. Is she? Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't know. The only Oh, uh, here's one that I watched. This is a super fucking rare movie. It's called Director's Commentary, Terror of Frankenstein. So this is the weirdest fucking thing ever. Uh, My friend Bear, well, everyone knows Bear now because he was on an episode. Uh, He loaned this to me because he got a DVD copy of it from the director. It's hard hard to explain. There was this movie in the 70s called The Terror of Frankenstein. It's a real movie. And someone, (laughs) this Tim Kirk, whoever this director is, got the rights to this movie, I don't know, maybe the rights just are, are available, and recorded a fake commentary track with a fake director and fake writer 
giving an entirely new backstory to the filming of this movie. <laughs> and it starts it so the uh the only, the only cast are Clue Gulliger, who's an actor that's... He's, like, in his 90s now. He's been in a million things. He was born in 1929. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, been in a ton of movies. He was in, like, a bunch of westerns in the 50s and 60s. Anyway, so it's him playing the director. And then this guy named Zach Norman playing the writer of Terror of Frankenstein. And as they're watching it, they're talking about the guy that played the monster in it. And they're like, oh, man, look at that. Look at the... Look at the way he's acting in this scene. Like, if only we'd known what he would go on to become. And like, oh, there's that, there's that goddamn suitcase. Oh my god, I can't believe, I can't believe we left it in the movie. Like, he's like, if you'd known what what was in there, would you have opened it? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> and then it turns out like it's this whole like murder mystery that's within the audio commentary for this real movie. But again, like none of this is real. It's like a mockumentary talking over an actual movie. And then they get the actual actor who played, uh, I think played Victor Frankenstein in it to come into the studio and like record, like, like he's then talking about his own experiences making the movie. So it's like, then it gets even more meta because you get the actual actor from that movie playing himself, talking about a fictionalized version of himself that's on screen, right? Hey, it's (laughs) fucking weird. Um... I thought it was all right. <laughs> Bear, Bear really liked it. He talked it up a bit more than maybe he should have. Because I was like, yeah, it was fine. It was an interesting, interesting uh, project, I guess. But I don't, I don't know if it really worked 100% for me. But yeah, it was definitely one of a kind. Would you watch it again? I, eventually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's one of those things that if uh, you're someone who's really into film and that kind of meta commentary, you should check it out. Yeah. And on the DVD, bot, like, so it looks like that. And on the back, it's got, like, courtroom sketches oh, and uh, fake newspaper clippings and pictures from, like, the premiere. Because it's supposed to be, like, uh, now this has become a cult film because of this murder that was attached to it. So, like, there's this guy, oh, there's the case from the, from the fucking movie. Like, people <laughs> dressing up like they're going to see The Room or something. Wow. <laughs> oh, that sounds like they put a lot of heart and effort The whole into it. story is told. You've seen the film. You've followed the trial. Now the truth! <laughs> I wonder how many people are out there who's like, oh yeah, it's real, that totally happened. Well, considering that again, this this is so rare, you have to contact the director directly to get a copy of it. I doubt there's too many people that know anything about it. Yeah, good point. That sounds interesting. I might have to put that on the list. You've been, um, because this segues into what I've been watching too, you watched all the Hellraiser movies? Yep. I started with Hellraiser and ended on Hellraiser. Actually, I even went further than the actual movies. I watched a YouTube video called Hellraiser Origins, which was a proof of concept for a Hellraiser movie that was never made. Um, It was about, like, the distant dawn of man, like, Earth's distant past. And these, like, like, army of Cenobites fighting early man. (laughs) And it... I saw a bunch of concept art for it and listened to uh, a person discuss the uh, proof of concept and all that. And it sounds fucking amazing and completely unfilmable. (laughs) (laughs) But there's one, the only thing that survived of it is one little trailer. It's like a two minute kind of proof of concept trailer of Pinhead ruling hell. And it looks fucking awesome. But uh, yeah, it didn't happen. So anyway, I watched all the Hellraiser movies plus that, plus another short film called No More Souls. And this was actually, this actually stars the director of Hellraiser Judgment, the newest one. Yeah. 
this came out years before that. Um, so it stars him as Pinhead, as like an old, decrepit Pinhead in oh. hell, years after the last human has died. It's like the end of time. Pinhead just decrepit and alone and bored. And uh, so he decides to commit suicide by opening the puzzle box himself. Wow. <laughs> and it's a fun little short, again, six minutes long. Um, and yeah, it's the, again, it was the director of Hellraiser Judgment, who was also the, like, makeup special effects guy for, I think, Hellraiser, like, Inferno and Hellseeker and Dead, I don't know, all the ones that came out, uh, sorry, it was Deader and Hellworld, the ones that came out in 2005. Okay. So he worked on those, then he directed a later one, and then he also did this little short. How many Hellraiser movies are there? Uh, I think 10. 10, Let's see. okay. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. 10 official ones and then those two shorts. Okay, gotcha. And then a new one in the works. There, is there? Yeah. And they just announced the casting of Pinhead. Who is it? Uh, I don't remember her name. Oh. Um, Do you know who's directing? Uh, yeah, but I don't remember his name either. <laughs> <laughs> um it was a big deal because it just came out the other day. Uh, the biggest deal about this is that Clive Barker is involved in it. Excellent. Jamie Clayton is starring as Pinhead. Okay. She is a trans actor. Awesome. And uh, like I, I pointed out to Bear that if there's ever been an iconic horror character that should be challenging gender norms, it's Pinhead. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just really interesting to me. Uh and again, Clive Barker isn't directing or writing, but he's producing and he's very involved, which is good because he has not been involved in these last few. Like, the rights finally reverted back to him. Oh, good. So uh, he's able to do his own. But anyway, yeah, Hellraiser. It's a great series. It is. Well, I've only seen, like, um, I've seen Hellraiser Judgment, and then I've seen, like, one through four, and I've managed to skip the others. Yeah. So I think I really like one through four. I mean, one is a fucking amazing horror movie. Two is really good. Mm-hmm. Three and four are good. <laughs> <laughs> I like them. Like they're not very well remembered, but one through four tells one flowing story that like ends with the puzzle box and pinhead being killed in the distant future. Mm-hmm. Like it's half sci-fi movie and half, right. <laughs> half historical drama. So it's like, it's that's interesting to me. I like the big swing that each of these movies takes. And I like that it has that overarching story. But after four, it kind of goes to shit. (laughs) It does, yeah. (laughs) Tapers off a bit. But um, I listened, before I started watching the movies, I've I've already read it, but I listened to the audiobook of The Hellbound Heart. Oh, yeah. Um, And I just love Clive Barker's style. He's so pervy and dirty and gritty. (laughs) Speaking of that, I just picked up this. An audio of the Scarlet Gospels. Have you ever heard of this? Yes, I have. So it's the Hellbound Heart Last Illusion crossover. So it's uh, Pinhead meeting uh, Harry Damore from The Last Illusion. Oh, cool. So it's like, and I, I also, so because I knew of this, I uh, also watched Lord of Illusions, which is the adaptation of The Last Illusion in my Hellraiser viewing. You really tied it all together. Yeah. Course. When did <laughs> he's like, who do you think I am? <laughs> um, when did Lord of Illusions come out? Uh, I think it was like 92 or 90, I don't know. No, oh, 95, excuse me. 95, okay. I feel like I've probably seen advertising for it or a trailer, but I haven't seen it yet. It's like Scott Bakula. Oh, Scott Bakula. Uh, it was not very well regarded when it came out. Mm-hmm. There's a really good uh, Shout Factory Blu ray that has the extended edition of it, which is a way better movie. Hmm. Um, yeah, so anyway, it's, I like it a lot. 
Um, oh, speaking of which, doesn't, uh, maybe I'm wrong, doesn't the Scarlet Gospels, doesn't that also have the story that Candyman is based off of? No. No. That's in Books of Blood. Oh, yeah. Excuse me. All right. I've also been digging deep into just Clive Barker in general, because I watched, after that I watched Nightbreed, his movie from the late 80s based on his book Cabal. I haven't seen that one either. Uh, it's got some great makeup effects, and that's a shockingly like prescient movie. It ends with like this over-militarized police force teaming up with a group of right-wing gun-nut survivalists to go hunt down... Uh, a marginalized group who is just trying to live their lives. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Barker knew what he was talking about back then. And yeah, it's it was it's really good. It's got amazing makeup effects and a pretty decent story. It's like the monsters of the good guys is what is how he pitched it. Oh, that's a cool concept. And then right. after that, I watched, I think it's called Salome. Heard of it. 1973. It it's his very first movie he ever made. A short, black and white. Feels very like experimental early David Lynch. Doug Bradley's in it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, I just discovered this when I was watching the Hellraiser movies. Doug Bradley, who plays Pinhead, he's also in Nightbreed. Um, he and Clive Barker uh, have been friends since like middle school. They went to the same school together. And so then when they got in, both got into like the arts, they were like, yeah, let's just team up, sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> Why not? <laughs> and thus a beautiful relationship was born. Yeah. That's cool. Well, you have been. Obviously, extremely dedicated to the uh, the theme here. I've again, I've just been doing one a day. But in terms of like we were talking about movies that do a better job of addressing uh, religious fervor and the damage that that can uh, cause, every once in a while, when I'm feeling particularly okay with the blackness in my soul, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I don't care. I will take Ken Russell's Devils out and we'll watch it. Did you bring that? Oh, I didn't. God damn it. I'm sorry. (laughs) I will bring it next time. The copy is from Korea, by the way. I checked. Yeah, but it still works on DVDs, right? Oh, it does. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's an incredibly hard movie to find. It's not streaming everywhere. It was never officially released on DVD. Um, You know what's fun about about Ken Russell's The Devils is that uh, it is uh, connected to Space Jam. No. The Space Jam universe. How did you make that connection? It's uh, within the con- uh, within the movie. <laughs> um, here, I'll show you. Watch. Ken Russell, the Devils, and watch Space Jam. <laughs> no way. Um, the hell? This is from Space Jam 2. One of the, the nuns from the Devils is standing next to Mr. Freeze. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and Don Cheadle. There's General Zod back there, one of the Amazons. Oh my god! <laughs> Who did that? Uh, the Who director did... of Space Jam 2? I don't know. Also, like, the Droogs from uh, Clockwork Orange are in there. <laughs> when it, when this movie came out, or when, before this movie came out, there was a big controversy because they, they cut out Pepe Le Pew. Because no. they're like, oh, he's too pervy and we can't do that. I'm like, there's a fucking rapist right there! <laughs> Like, do you not, do you not, do you not see a clockwork orange? You fucking weirdos. Poor Pepe. Well, because again, correct me if I'm wrong, but Space Jam is also owned by Warner Brothers, yeah. right? Yeah, this, this entire movie, this is a piece of shit movie, by the way. I don't know if I, if we've talked about this before, but it's just <laughs> piled full of references to Warner Brothers intellectual properties, most of which, like, are abhorrent to children's viewing. Yeah, you never let your kid watch that. But that's also... This Game of Thrones guy right there, the fucking ice dude. <laughs> Holy shit, that's fantastic. 
But that's so funny to me because... I heard that the reason we haven't got an uncensored re-release of the of Devils is because Warner Brothers Studio itself, like they hated the movie when it came out. Yeah. Hey, there's Pennywise, by the way. Oh the chi- famous child eater Pennywise. Is, <laughs> what uh, is this? In Space Jam Two. Oh. There's a uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane right there. <laughs> oh Jesus! That's the Danny DeVito's penguin. Let's <laughs> do an agent from the Matrix. I assume that's Russell Crowe's Gladiator. It looks like it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, no. I mean, now I kind of want to see Space Jam too. Hey, does stuff. There's nothing, nothing <laughs> worth watching in that piece of shit movie. But That's anyway. as exciting as it gets. Yeah. <laughs> All right then. Um, I have to remember too that this is going to sound really like snooty, like a film snob. Like, well, we watch a lot of movies, so I understand if people haven't seen Devils, but. No, if, uh, if you get the chance, and of course the version I have is, is R-rated. It's not the uncensored version. Um, but there's still enough there to make you feel like you need to take a shower afterwards. Yeah. I, I just, I want to fucking see that movie because it's so goddamn hard to find. And it pisses me off that they've not re-released it on, like, a modern format. You can find it on VHS. Like, that's the best you can do. I'm sure the VHS are probably pretty expensive. Yeah, and I'm sure they're not unedited or whatever, but it would be nice to just see it a at all. I think like five or six years ago, I'm going to mispronounce his last name, Mark Kermode, famous <laughs> BBC uh, film critic. He was like advocating for Warner Brothers to hurry up and uh, you know put out an uncensored version, but yeah. I don't know where that is now. Doesn't sound like it's gotten anywhere yet. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, not for everybody, but if, uh, if uh, again, you like um, Ken Russell and you like film and you like stuff that you know really puts forward that hypocrisy of fundamentalism checking out yeah hey, speaking of of themes from uh midnight mass done better yes, <laughs> yes it is yeah going back to uh Clive Barker for a moment I also watched midnight meat train that was good it's That's a on my really list really underrated Barker adaptation I didn't know that that was a Barker adaptation. Yeah, it's one of his stories in Books of Blood. Uh, and it's really fucking gory. I forgot <laughs> how gory that movie is. I haven't watched it in probably seven or eight years. And like Bradley Cooper before he was famous. Brooke Shields when she was on the way down. Like they, they met in the middle <laughs> while he was on the way up. There's perfect nexus. <laughs> yeah. um, what's his name? Uh, Vinnie Falcon. Jones. Yeah, Vinnie Jones, right where he's always been. <laughs> right in the middle. Right where we love him. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's got some, like, it, okay, it feels very, like, mid-2000s in its editing, mm-hmm. which, if you don't know what that means, yes, you do. Just think about it. <laughs> you do, yeah. <laughs> um, so, like, there's a little bit, but there's some really fucking good camera work in it. There's this whole scene where Cooper and uh, Vinnie Jones are fighting on the train where there's just dead, bloody bodies hanging around <laughs> them, and it's a really visceral fight. And the camera starts in the train carriage goes out one side so you just see them through the windows as it passes goes back inside and then goes out the other side and it like spins around them and it's really fucking well done it like hides the cut so it looks like it's all one take mm-hmm. and my only complaint about it is it goes a little too fast like it feels a little too frenetic mm-hmm. i feel like if it was slowed down like if that movie had come out this year it would have been slowed down more yeah and then also i wish maybe the cg like some of the cgi blood is a bit much i wish Again, because of that, I wish it had come out a little bit later. Because <laughs> right. now you can do CGI blood fucking flawlessly. Right. Back then it was a little bit more noticeable. But it also kind of works for the aesthetic of the movie. Because <laughs> it's just a weird fucking monster movie. 
It and is. It is. Um, and I was surprised that I hadn't heard of it sooner. Like, I just stumbled. I think it was, I think it's streaming for free on Tubi. Oh, yeah. That's where I, I saw it. And I was like, why, why, <clears throat> why don't more people talk about this? I have it on DVD, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, that was a, a dark delight in the yeah. horror movie season. And then, so my other, the, my next Barker connection, <laughs> this is going to be a little uh, windy, but I watched the original James Whale Frankenstein. Oh, yeah. So I, I watched, this is like a quote trilogy of movies to me. The original James Whale Frankenstein, then James Whale's Bride of Frankenstein, then Gods and Monsters, by Bill Condon from yeah. 1999, I think, or 98. It's uh, a story about James Whale. Right. In his later years, or his last few days of life, I guess, starring Ian McKellen. And it's not really a horror movie at all, but it's all about him reflecting on his life and, uh, you know, living as an out gay man in 1930s Hollywood and um, his regrets and all that. And uh, really good movie, really good performance by Ian McKellen and uh, Brendan Brendan Fraser. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Really, really, really fucking good movie. And it was produced by Clive Barker. Oh, I didn't know that. And the DVD has a really good documentary where it's Clive Barker, and it's based on a novel also. It's Clive Barker narrating uh, as they're talking about James Whale's life. They interview the writer of the novel. They interview Bill Condon and some of the actors, and uh, it's really, really well done. And that was, like, one of the first things that I saw of Clive Barker when I was in, like, high school. Oh, yeah? I remember watching that special feature in, like, 2000. I mean, like, that's the fucking guy that wrote Hellraiser. Hell, uh, what's, he, what's he doing on this fucking, like, uh, drama, you know, and all that? And, but, it, like, it makes sense. There's a lot of intersections between his life and James Wales. You know, Barker is really connected with horror. He's a horror director and writer. He's uh, gay. He's out, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and he, he infuses his work with his own uh, beliefs and uh, uh, kind of, you know, psychosexual hang-ups. And there's a lot of that in Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein. It was just way more coded because of the time period. And uh, I think Barker comments about that of like saying like, like people that like didn't realize that there was a, like a gay or humorous subtext to that. He's like, are you kidding? (laughs) Like this is, this is for me, man. This is is my jam. (laughs) (laughs) That is a very interesting trilogy to pull together there. I've been wanting to do that forever, and I finally had time this this month. Oh, way to connect the dots. Yeah, I um, I, I feel like Gods and Monsters. Well, it, it got good reviews when it came out, right? Or did it? Probably. I, it. I think it won the Oscar for best adapted screenplay, or it was nominated. But it was one of it was one of like only three movies of all time <laughs> that got nominated for that, but not best picture. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. I feel like it should have been nominated for something. I know, like I said, I know, it got, I know it got nominated for that, but I don't think it got nominated for anything else. Won the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. It was nominated for Best Actor and Best Actress. Okay. So it won Best Adapted, and it got nominated for Lynn Redgrave and Ian McKellen, which makes sense. Uh, Lynn Redgrave, I don't know. She's not in it that much. But McKellen's fucking amazing in it. There's a really good like bit when they're talking about the cast. They interview Lynn Redgrave, and she talks about Brendan Fraser. And she's like, I've never met an actor that's so committed to his role, but also, like... He's like a genuine person. And she goes, you know, like so many actors, you see them and like, like it's all a persona or an act. She's like, but that, that's Brendan. (laughs) And especially since he's been going through a bit of a career uh, renaissance lately, it was fun to see her talk about him like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Watch Doom Patrol, everyone. Anyway. Yeah. (laughs) 
Okay. Well, I just feel like my uh, my collection hasn't been as um, well thought out as yours. Definitely not. But, um, oh, I'm going to talk about this movie until I'm blue in the face, until people are sick of hearing about it. But, um, Beloved, have you watched it yet? With Oprah? Yes. <laughs> I think I saw it on, like, HBO, like, 20 years ago. Is <laughs> right, so. Danny Glover in it? Yep. Okay. I remember the poster specifically, but I... That's about all. Is that a horror movie? I thought it was, like, a historical drama. It is historical drama, but it has horror elements. It's a ghost story, too. Huh. Um, and people talk about, I'm not saying this show hasn't done this or these movies have, haven't done this, but you know, people talk about um, Haunting of Hill House and the, uh, Halloween 2018. Like, oh, it's so interesting now to see um, the impact and trauma of horror and how people deal with it and how that happens. Um but I feel safe saying that, well, uh, Jonathan Demme and Toni Morrison and Oprah Winfrey did it first. <laughs> if you're going into it thinking that there's going to be like, you know, continual scares, there's not. But it's well acted. Of course, you know, it's well directed. It's Jonathan Demme. And um, I think it's probably, in my opinion, it's, it's, I love Fanny Newton and anything, but it's probably the best thing that she's ever done. It's not her name anymore. What is her name? Tandiwe. Oh, excuse me. That's, uh, apparently that's, her, well, that's her middle name. <laughs> that was her given middle name. But when she went into acting, they took out the W just oh. to make it easier to pronounce, I guess. And now she says she's reclaiming that. Tandiwe. Okay. Heard me. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, yeah, I, I don't think I've seen it since it was not new, but a couple years old on like HBO second, third run. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I feel like, because it didn't do that well when it came out. Like, critics liked it, but it totally bombed at the box office. Yeah. And I feel like if it came out now, um, it would have done a lot better. Jesus. It made $22 million on an $80 million budget. Yeah. That's a lot for 1998. That's a big budget. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which is really, that's why it's really too bad that it didn't catch on more. Um, but it does totally address, um, you know, what happens when you've had horrible things done to you, in this case, like the main character, Setha, she's a former slave. Um, and at the time too, I feel like a lot of Hollywood movies, uh, when they talked about slavery, was like, oh, slavery was this thing that happened, but they're free now, so it's okay. Yeah. Uh, and this does a really good job of talking about, well, you know, how do you reclaim your autonomy and move on with your life when you've spent the vast majority of your life being treated like a thing? Yeah. You know, your kids were taken from you. Um, you're, if you had a spouse, then they could just as easily be taken from you. Um, and just the personification of Tandiwe, am I saying that correctly? Probably. Miss Newton. <laughs> <laughs> as uh, uh, the ghost of a child that Setha lost. It's just, it's just really good. It's well acted. It's scary. It's sad. Um, it doesn't get nearly half the credit that it deserves. 172 minutes? Fuck me. I wonder it didn't make any money. <laughs> That's long. It's a long time. It's, a, it's almost three hours. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think that's why it didn't connect with audiences at the time because people went in thinking that, oh, this is going to be historical drama, but then it's also a ghost story and what's going on here. You know, um, the, the ghost that um, Newton plays is supposed to be a baby, but it's the baby if it had lived to be the age that she is now. And so there's a lot of weird stuff yeah. that I think people just 
didn't quite get. I'm getting just from looking at the producers, the director and the writer, and it's got three credited screenwriters. I'm getting a little bit of a too many cooks feeling. Like maybe that's why it was that long. Maybe, maybe. I feel like it maybe needed some trimming, and that and with that, it probably would have been more of a of a crowd pleaser. I mean, not crowd pleaser, but it would have made more money. You can't make a movie like this as a crowd pleaser. No, 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 no you can't. <laughs> but it is the only movie that Tony. Correct me if I'm wrong, folks. If you're listening and you know. Um, it's the only movie that Toni Morrison has allowed as an adaptation of her work. Um, only movie that Toni Morrison ever saw? Wow, that is a bold <laughs> statement. <laughs> the only movie she ever saw. She hated going to the theater. No. Um, she didn't know that movies existed. <laughs> well, she was too busy writing Pulitzer Prize winning novels. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's, again, it's good, it's well made, huh. and um, I felt like if it had... Uh, Come out now, it would have gotten more of the praise that it rightfully deserves. Gotcha. Well, I'm, I'm going to finish my list with the newest movie that I saw. Uh, last night, I went and saw Halloween Kills. Oh, do tell. It fucking sucks. <laughs> See, I've heard different things. I've yeah. heard people say it fucking um, sucks, and other people are like, oh, I like it better than Halloween 2018. I, I didn't, I wasn't huge on Halloween 2018, to be honest. You weren't. That's One of my biggest issues with that movie, and now it's like a reboot, they're ignoring the others. It's one of those legacy sequels where they ignore the stuff in between. And like, I don't know, that's kind of annoying to me. Like, that was fine for a little bit, but like now everyone's doing that. <laughs> and it's, that's just, that's kind of frustrating because, especially for somebody like Michael Myers, where there's a legacy to that character and his terror. So when you wipe that away, I don't think he's scary anymore. Yeah. It's like, he's just some dude who fucking broke out of prison and killed like four people. And then they locked him up right. <laughs> and then he's just been sitting there for 40 years. <laughs> That's not scary. That happens every day. Right. Um, and this one like doubles down on that and then goes completely off the rails in terms of what it's trying to say about this character and shared trauma and, fucking evil like it's just it it wants to be everything and it becomes nothing as a result mm. um also jamie lee curtis spends 99 percent of the movie in a hospital oh and about 95 percent of that time just in her bed oh. <laughs> or sitting on her bed talking to uh will Patton, who's in the same hospital room as her he he was killed off in the last movie, and they retconned it to where he's still alive now. <laughs> I was going to say, did he die? <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a lot of that, and there's like a lot of retconning to, uh, like, I, I don't know. I was not a fan. The first, like, 15 minutes is just restructuring of events from the first Halloween. Mm -hmm. The fact that I have to say Halloween or Halloween, like, is really annoying to me. But <laughs> yeah. uh, there's, it's just restructuring events and forcing Will Patton into that narrative now. Oh. So he was back there, and whatever, he accidentally shot his partner while trying to kill Michael, and uh, I don't know why that's in there. <laughs> and then, but then that that is edited into the story after showing Will Patton like on the ground bleeding out, and his son finds him. Jeez. And so, like, the movie starts with just okay. the kid walking back from the party from the first movie, like, yeah, no, no, I can't find anyone. And then it just shows like these dead bodies, and like this, like, it doesn't feel like a beginning to this movie. Like, it's just it's continuing the last one, right. and that's fine. But there's a better way to do that. So then after that scene, then it flashes back to 1978 for like 10 minutes. Then there's the opening credits. Then it flashes back to the end of the last Halloween. 
of them driving away while she's bleeding. And then the fucking firemen go there to put out the fire. And then, like, multiple times in the movie, they bring up that either A, Michael is just, uh, like, an unrelenting killer, or he's just has the mind of a child and he doesn't know what he's doing. Or he's pure evil incarnate. And the more you hurt him, the stronger he gets. Or he's like a supernatural <laughs> being that like is just uh, everything that's wrong in the world. And he like spreads fear and evil into society just by being in it. And like all of those are given with such like intensity that like you're expected to believe what's being said. Like they the story changes based on just how far, how long it's going. So, you know, this is what it is now. No, this is, it's not like they're counterpoints. Right. It's literally like everything is the truth. Mm. And that's really fucking annoying. But then the biggest part of it is the sheriff, Will Patton's character, who's like, you know, like, oh, this is all my fault. And then it shows the flashback of when he tried to shoot Michael, but he didn't hit him. And then it turns out that right after that, Michael goes outside and he's surrounded by cops. And they're like, let him get on the ground. And one of the cops, like, hits him in the back of the legs, and he falls down. And they just kind of beat him for a little bit. And he's like, no. And then, uh, and then Loomis walks up, and he's like, I'm going to end this. And he puts the gun to Michael's head. And then Will Patton's like, no. And he, like, pushes it so he shoots just up in the air. And then it cuts back to Will Patton, and he's like, I should have let him do it. I should have just let him kill him. And she's like, oh, it's not your fault. I'm like, wait a second. Pause, <laughs> pause for a second. This movie... Is saying in the year 2021, this movie is saying that this uh, uh, suspect that's in custody, who's now being beaten by police, it would have been better if he was just shot in the head. Like, are you not thinking about the optics of the real world <laughs> at all while you're making this fucking story? Like, that's so, that's such a weird point of view to take. That, like, no, it's, it's okay to just fucking shoot him because he's evil. Duh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Well, they've kind of backed themselves in a corner on that, I feel like. I, I know that there's a fan base out there that will think this is blasphemy, but uh, I really I really prefer the ending to Halloween uh, H2O, where she just cuts off his head and yeah, that's the end of the movie. It's like, finally! Thank you! <laughs> yeah, and in this one, he gets shot like a million times. He gets stabbed in the back with a pitchfork. He gets his, like, head stomped on. He gets knifed quite a bit. And then they're like, oh, they finally beat him. And then he gets up and just kills everyone that attacked him. And it's, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know what they're trying to do. But, and another thing about this, I mentioned uh, Into Darkness a little bit ago. Star Trek Into Darkness. Yeah. That's what this is. <laughs> it's, you know, Into Darkness, they had a, uh, a successful reboot uh, with Star Trek, with Halloween. Then they didn't know where to go from there. So they're just like, fuck it, just redo concepts from the other movies. So Into Darkness just remakes Star Trek 2. This one just remakes bits of Halloween 4 and Halloween 6, and it just combines shit from the other movies into a new story. But it's like, I, I know what you're doing. Like, I, I've seen those. <laughs> I know what this is. <laughs> I see the strings. Yeah, exactly. Like if, you don't, if you don't have a good idea and you're just poaching from the old shit, then maybe just don't do it. Or, or get someone who has a better idea. Because if you're not going to do something new with this franchise that you took all this time to make sure it was new and fresh... If you're not going to do something new with that, then just fucking don't. Like, don't. Right. Just make another fucking sequel, then. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's, it's like you said earlier. It's just, for me, it's not scary anymore. Yeah. I mean, you have this indestructible killer. Even, even Terminators you can destroy. Yeah. But, like, not Mike Myers. And after a while, for me, it's just like, well, that's, it's not scary. 
You mentioned Mike Myers just then. Uh, so one funny thing about this, uh, Michael McDonald is in it. Like, actor from Mad TV. He's a comedian. He's been on a ton of shit. So he, I just read this on the IMDb. He holds the record for being the only actor to be killed by both Mike Myers and Michael Myers. <laughs> Because no. he's killed in this, and he's in the first Austin Powers. He's the guy that Austin runs over with a steamroller. <laughs> That's fantastic. So, yeah. Killed by Mike and Michael. All right. <laughs> that is a distinguishment. <laughs> okay, so I don't have to rush out to theaters yeah, to see this one. And I also read before going into it, like, oh, this is the fucking goriest movie ever. Oh, my God. Audiences were sick to their stomach with how fucking gory it is. I, if that if that what is what you think is too gory, then my goodness, I have such sights to show you. <laughs> yes, this is nothing. <laughs> it's like you get queasy when you cut up your stick. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Christ, I have Battle Royale sitting right over there. I just bought the Blu-ray of it. I'm pretty sure that's gorier than this. Right, well, um, what's her name? Vanessa Redgraves. Enema and Devils is more gory than that, yeah. I imagine. <laughs> I, can, I mean, Christ, I've I've seen uh, I've seen Lars von Trier's Antichrist. I can I can deal with a lot. <laughs> yeah, I needed a hug after that movie. I've, I've watched Willem Dafoe ejaculate blood. <laughs> I don't even have a penis, and that just hurts when you say it out loud. You know, like ow, 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 ow. yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Like, after I watched that, I just went out into the street and, like, walked up to a random stranger and was like, hold me. But, yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like Roy Batty in Blade Runner. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, you know, I've never seen the Halloween series as gory. I can't think of a... And granted, I haven't right. seen all the movies, yeah, but... The 2018 one was pretty gory. Stomps ahead, you know. Like yeah. It's it's pretty yeah. bloody. And right. I mean, yeah. there are others that are bloody in the series, but it's a slasher movie, so there's going to be blood. Of course. This was just like... I was led to believe that it was going to be like over-the-top gory. And I mean, yeah, the kills were gory, but they weren't anything outside of what I've seen in a million other slasher movies. There you go. There may be a few more drops of blood than another one, but it wasn't like so extreme that I was covering my eyes. <laughs> like, it was... <laughs> It's a fucking slasher flick, man. I don't know what to tell you. There you go. Either you like it or you don't. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. I've watched, I also watched, I think I told you I watched the old Phantom of the Opera this morning. <laughs> you did. It was boring and tedious and goofy and too much singing. <laughs> boring, tedious, goofy, too much singing. I hope you wrote that in your review. I did not review it. Uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> um, probably, oh gosh, the last one I can think of that I've got a bunch of others, but for the sake of brevity, um, last one that I kind of want to mention is Climax, which I'm sure oh, you've seen. I have not, actually. Uh, Gaspar No, I don't know how you pronounce his last name. No, is it No, No Way? No Way, maybe. No which I, I, I don't like all of his movies, but I loved this one just because of how it flips the dance genre on its head and kind of turns it into horror. One thing my girlfriends and I always laugh about is that, you know, we're watching a trailer for a movie and we're like, oh yeah, this is just your stereotypical um, vanilla love story. And then all of a sudden a dance scene will come on and we're all like, whew, because, you know, love dancing. And Climax is just different. It's, it's fucking weird. It's, there are some scary parts in it just in terms of like what the dancers do with their bodies. Because it's all about this group of dancers who get together to practice and they're having a party and like someone spikes the punch with LSD and then the rest of the movie is just them freaking out. And I like the fact that he takes something like a dance movie, which usually are stereotypical and unremarkable except for you know the choreography maybe, 
and he just turns it into this fantastic head trip. Yeah. Um, have you ever seen Irreversible? Yes. <laughs> yes. And by the way, it is No Way. You were right. No Way. Okay. Um, yeah, there's a fucking horror movie for you. Uh, yeah, I've, that's one movie that, like, I've seen it once, and I just don't need to watch it again. I, I own it. <laughs> of course you do. I'm all about <laughs> extremity, the French new extremity. And, uh, yeah, that's a fucking movie. That's a... My uh, my favorite thing about that... So, you know, at the beginning, it's got that, like, tone in it. It's supposed to induce nausea. Mm-hmm. And uh, my favorite thing about it is that there's that unbroken shot of Vincent Cassell fucking caving that dude's head in with the, <laughs> with the fire extinguisher. <laughs> Apparently, when they were making Drive, <sighs> the director of uh, Nicholas Winding Refn yes. met with the makers of, of Ir- uh, Irreversible... To try to figure out how they did that, because he wanted to be able to... There's a scene in Drive where the driver kicks the dude's face in, in the elevator. Right. And he was like, I want to replicate that. I love the way you guys did that. It looks so real and intense. And So, like, he worked extensively to get it just perfectly in Drive. And the MPAA saw it and said, cut that out. (laughs) (laughs) So now that that scene in Drive is chopped up to where you can't even really tell what he's doing. You see a little bit of the gore, and that's it. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and and it, he planned meticulously to have this perfect face cave-in that Aww. then got cut out of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> All that hard work. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we have quite the variety this year. Yeah. Um, yeah, some uh, intense movies, some shitty movies, <laughs> some, some high recommendations, and some avoids at all costs. Indeed. Yeah. Oh, another thing, I um, just real quick, on uh, Netflix, have you watched Brand New Cherry Flavor? I've heard of it, haven't watched it. I didn't like it. <laughs> I, well, I've heard that a it's lot like of people did. Uh, it feels like it really wants to be David Lynch, and it's not David Lynch. Oh. <laughs> and uh, it's just like, I don't know, It's I was hoping it would be weird and creepy and whatever, and I think it thinks it is, but it's very tame overall. And, uh, you know, like, it's this woman puking up kittens, which sounds creepy and weird, and it just comes off as kind of goofy. (laughs) And it tries to do a little bit of Cronenberg body horror that it doesn't really succeed at either. And one of my major issues with it is it tries to be kind of moralizing, where it's like this main character got wronged, and she's getting revenge. Like, she's also, like, a terrible person that uses people left and right. And she's just as bad as the guy she's trying to get back at. And we're supposed to be, like, rooting for her. And then at the end, she just kind of gets away scot-free. And it's like, well, I've ruined all these lives. I'm going to go back to, I'm gonna go back to uh, where I'm from. See you later. Have a good life. It sounds like uh, I posted a long ramble about this on Facebook with, the, again, the bastardization of the good for her tag. Yeah, probably. It's kind of like that, I would assume. But anyway, that, that's my last one. Realistically, the last one on my list is Halloween Kills. But I had to—I forgot about Brand New Cherry Flavor. Because <laughs> it's very forgettable. <laughs> is, it, is it Cronenberg or Lynch who did The Brood? That was Cronenberg. Cronenberg, yes. I'm sorry, that's two gross-out moments in horror for me that literally grossed me out. I was like, hit! Um, the uh, dream of the birthing scene in The Fly um, with Gina Davis giving... Mm-hmm birth to a baby maggot and uh, the brood where um, mama picks up her little fetus and you think she's going to kiss it, but then she gives it a tongue bath and I can't imagine, well, it doesn't sound like a brand new cherry flavor can top that. No, it's nowhere near that. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I mean, fucking Cronenberg, man. 
Cronenberg and Lynch, those are both like masters of weird fucking just dirty horror. Yes. <laughs> I actually was just talking to my friend about Eraserhead because I haven't seen that in a few years. And like that is one of the last movies that I remember watching and being like, I don't like this. Like, I, <laughs> I feel weird. I don't feel like comfortable or safe. And I was like, I need to fucking rewatch that movie. Like, <laughs> it's been far too long. Like, I'm just, I'm numb to horror or anything. Like, it, it just happens, you know? You, I'm numb to just drama in general. You see enough movies and you, you build up a resistance. Yeah, you build up a resistance. And again, it doesn't matter. It can be sci fi, horror, romance, whatever. Um, so, like, I love horror, it just doesn't scare me. But Eraserhead, man, like that, that like got under my skin the first time I watched it. And I was like, fuck, man, I need, I need to see if that's available. I mean, it, there's a Criterion edition of it, but the Criterion's like $15 on Amazon right now. Oh. So I bought it. There you go. <laughs> it's coming on Monday. <laughs> <laughs> Good addition to the collection. Yeah. Yeah, that is an uncomfortable. Well, all his movies are uncomfortable, but that one particularly more so, I feel like. I, uh, I think last Halloween, I watched some of. Uh, Cronenberg, Lynch's, like, shorts, some of his, like, original shorts that he did before he was famous. Yeah. He had one, I think it's just called ABCs. It's fucking weird. <laughs> I think his wife is in it. I think it's called Alphabet. Yeah, there it is, oh, The yeah. Alphabet. It's fucking weird. I mean, there's a good example of it. It's just this woman saying the alphabet as, like, she changes and twists and spits up blood, and it's fucking, it's... David Lynch, man. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds um, apropos. The thing I, I like about his stuff is uh, it all operates through dream logic. Mm. You know, it's mm -hmm. everything that Lynch makes is a nightmare. Right. And so the logic of it, the reality doesn't matter as much as just the fucking horror. <laughs> and it's just like you're having a nightmare. When you're having a nightmare, you're not worried about continuity or if anything makes sense, you're just scared. Exactly. And that's especially Eraserhead, man. Ah. <laughs> there you go. There it is, folks. The movie that actually can taint Colby's soul. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> so anyway, I think we're at the end now. Um, like and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Vertigo Voices. Both of those. Email us, verticalvoices at gmail.com. I think that's it. I don't think we have anything else to talk about. Tell us what some of your favorite horror movies are, or your not-so-favorite. Colby might not care, but I'll give it a look. <laughs> I will not. I, no, I'm always up I'm for new recommendations. You are. I'm, you always, are. I'm always up for what, like, if there's something I haven't heard of that someone says, you should watch this, I will definitely watch it. Mm -hmm. Um... I may not like it, or I may like it more than you. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> no matter what, I may hate your opinion. <laughs> but that's okay. Oh, you like it? I loved it. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> you don't understand why you should love it. <laughs> there you go. But, anyway, but yeah, yeah, if there's any weird, extreme horror that you think would scare me, then please let me know. Take your challenge. Unless it's unless it's like an unmarked disc that comes in a paper bag. I'm not gonna watch that. <laughs> Keep your home movies private. Exactly. People. <laughs> Am I gonna watch anything that would make me an accessory? No, no, yes. Thanks, but no thanks. Uh, well, happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah. Happy spooky season for horror week. Woo!